Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west, and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south, and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ, here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, for our radio congregation, WBUR 90.9 FM NPR across New England, and around the globe for our internet listenership at WBUR.org. We invite your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry among us, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us for worship come Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
everlasting God. In Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Beloved, in the hands and the embrace of the pardoning God, we are empowered, made safe and ready to confess our sin in a spirit of lament and contrition, with language of regret and compunction, to lay bare, to lift in silence individually and corporately our common prayer of confession. Let us pray together as the choir offers for us the Kyrie eleison. Spirit is goodness, whose holiness is beauty, whose will is peace, whose service is freedom. Pardon and deliver us, we pray. Amen. Beloved, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks. A lesson from the book of Job. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you, and you shall declare to me, where were you when I had laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
stand as you are able for the reading of the psalm and the singing of the antiphon.
Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Wrapped in light and through the garment, you stretched out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot. You ride on the wings of the wind. You make, make the winds your messengers, fire and flame your ministers. You set the earth on its foundations so that it shall never be shaken. You cover it as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they flee. At the sound of your thunder they take to flight. They rose up to the mountains, ran down to the valleys to the place that you appointed for You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they might not again cover the earth. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Praise the Lord. Please remain standing for the saying of the Gloria Patri, the Gospel lesson, and the next hymn. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. Glory to you, Lord. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink you will drink and with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
for appearing in church on Sunday. To some of these we may attach descriptions. There are historical reasons, family tradition comes to mind. There are sociological reasons, depending on the region of the country, cultural influence comes to mind. There are psychological reasons, the lasting human needs for empowerment and belonging and meaning come to mind. And there are theological reasons as well. Curiosity about life, dread of death, theological reasons too come to mind. There are many reasons for appearing in church. On a parent's weekend on a campus like this, there are several good reasons for coming to church. As a parent, you may be looking just for a moment to give thanks for all that has happened in the last 20 years. The grace that evokes gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for all this goodness. 
As a student, you may want to show your parents the rhythm of weekly and weekend life rising for worship so that they might partake of our time together at Marsh Chapel. As an administrator or a professor, you might just want to pause before the midterm flurry to gather yourself, all you all, with all, and give thanks and pray. There are many good reasons to come to church on a parent's weekend. All these reasons, general and particular, are very good reasons. For a few minutes, though, I would like to ask you to meditate with me about something down a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper still, an awareness of yet another reason to be present in worship this morning by radio through internet or here in the nave. I'm going to ask you to do a little spelunking, a little psychic search of the caverns, the stalactites and stalagmites of the soul. Just take a minute, pause and search for that awareness. And while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you, actually remind you, of a little story. This is a story that parents and children have come to know and love over many decades. It has all the features of a good story, a journey, a family, birth along the way, challenges and struggles, good people who appear by surprise. This story also has the advantage of being set in Boston. More than that, it's set right here in the Back Bay along the River Charles by the Longfellow Bridge near the public garden next to that beautiful pond. You know this uh, McCluskey, Robert McCluskey tale. I can see by the eyes in the congregation that some mothers and fathers, some sons and daughters already know the story. This account that in another setting you might look at in a book, you might hold the book and see a sketch of the public garden. You might see a drawing of the copper-domed state capitol. You might see a molting place described. But here, now, you are in Boston. You are not holding the book at all. The book is holding you. You are right here along the River Charles, so you know how to make way for ducklings, as McCluskey wrote. You know the danger in lived experience of taking your life in your hands and crossing at the corner of Arlington and Beacon. This great story has at its heart and driving its plot our single most shared common experience in Boston. I refer directly to traffic. So when you are proceeding and they come toward you, that is Jack, Cack, Lack, Mac, Mac, Knack, Whack, Pack, and Quack, J-K-L-M-N-O-P-Q, there's more than one way to teach the alphabet. You can pray that as he was so efficient in the book, Michael will guide you as you cross. You are here. You can watch and listen as Michael, maybe on a cell phone in this day, calls up Clancy to make way. You can watch for Mr. Mallard over on the island. He doesn't do very much in that story, does he? I have to meditate on that. They wait for him, and there he is. You can see the narrative unfolding. That's what happens in church as well. We no longer hold the Bible. The book, the good book, holds us. We no longer read as if from afar. We are walking the pages together. You're here, right here, Mark 10, 35. Oh, I don't want to idealize relationships between parents and children. That would not be helpful. All of life is struggle and learning. And parents, we in midlife in the seasons of change have to take extra swimming lessons for our own journey on the pond and in the river and under the bridge. You need, that is, we need to learn again the prone float of trust, to trust what we cannot see, for that will give you a beginner's badge. We need to find a way to swim with our faces in the water, two strokes at least, 
with our mouths closed, oh, I see you already catch my meaning. The tongue sometimes is for biting. We give you an advanced beginner. We may need to find a way to learn the crawl, to swim at a distance steadily, avoiding the triangles that can come in communication. Universities like ours, other colleges, strive to avoid that triangle. You know where A wants to talk to C, but instead of talking A to C, A talks to B, hoping that B will talk to C. No, we'll give you an intermediate, even a swimmer's badge, if you can move steadily with the mighty crawl. Later still, you may develop those difficult strokes, the inverted butterfly and the, the inverted breaststroke and the butterfly, and if you do, you will have found the patience to wait and listen for that moment when young adults, still children, becoming adults, turn to parents who are now parents of young adults, do you see how complicated it gets, and say, it is a sweet moment. Mom, could I ask your advice? Dad, could you help me with this? We learn over a lifetime that people hear us only when they're coming toward us. For that, we'll give you an advanced swimmer, which leaves only the junior and senior life-saving. And after a season of molting, it won't happen quite as quickly as with the ducklings, but there may be another generation that comes along. And then you, as a parent, will deal with another parent, parent to parent, and there will be a kind of life-saving on all sides. You know, a narrative like this is about an experience of closeness. It's, an, it's a narrative that evokes an experience of closeness. It's a story about that produces an experience of. That is like the Bible, too. This is an account of something that evokes an experience of something. It's an account of closeness, nearness, intimacy. When one form of intimacy begins to change or slip away, that perhaps between parents and children, it changes and allows an openness for another kind of intimacy, another kind of nearness. Now I've been asking you to do a little soul searching to see why you might be here listening or present this morning. Our desire is for nearness and closeness and intimacy, but in the light and in the earshot of this gospel it may be something just a little bit deeper. It may be, that is, an invitation to you for the intimacy of faith, the closeness of faith, the nearness of faith. Which brings us straightway to Mark chapter 10, verse 35. We are given a, an invitation to an intimacy with the divine in this passage. This is a very central, crucial passage in the gospel. It's well-known and well-worn. You will have heard it rendered almost exclusively and rightly in the past as a chastisement of James and John for their misunderstanding of the use of authority. You have heard it's among the nations that those in authority lord it over, over others, but it is not so among you. And such an interpretation is accurate. Such is the paradox of the gospel. The last shall become first, the empty shall become full. Who is greatest among you must be your minister, as the King James says, your servant. But such an interpretation, so pervasive, misses the staggering, stunning gospel with which the passage begins. What do James and John desire? James, by the way, probably was martyred in the 40s, and John perhaps with him. Mark looks back on some bitter experience. What do you ask of me, says Jesus? And what do they say? Grant us nearness. Grant us 
closeness. Grant us to sit next to you, your right hand and your left. There is a verb here, it is not so among you. It's a present tense verb. Other texts correct it to make Jesus say here, it will not or should not be so among you, to make it an ethical command, do this, don't do that. But the original is very straightforward. Says the mark and risen Christ, it is not so among you. That is, at your realest self, at your own most self, at your truest reality down deep, just a little bit deeper, it is not so, and here is what is so, that there is a closeness that comes with the greatness of service. I wonder, come this Sunday, whether we arrive in this place with a longing for intimacy. If we love our neighbor, then we are prepared to love the divine. God is love. Those who love God know God and know their neighbor. The path to intimacy the gospel today directly assesses. If we ask what is the path to intimacy, we are directly told. The path to intimacy is service. Last week a friend invited me to come with him to go to a nearby nursing home and visit for an hour with a Christian gentleman struggling with his health. There's hardly a more typical, ordinary Sunday afternoon than a visit in a nursing home, a gathering in a circle, three, all attentive to all, the autumn breeze outside and the brilliant sun dappling the afternoon, conversation, one part present, one part future, one part humor, pause, meditation, prayer, and then the, the memory of something lastingly intimate, close, nearby, the care of soul and soul. The path to intimacy is found through service. Some four years ago, we were invited to consider coming to Boston University, and among the powerful influences bringing us here was the chance to serve and to speak from the pulpit which the long shadow of Howard Thurman had so long graced and developed in its echoes across the land. In those weeks of grieving and departing, a parishioner and friend came to me and said, I heard Thurman speak in 1950 in San Francisco. On the basis of his address, I gave my next 40 years to service in the YWCA. Of course, I asked what you would have done. What did he say? She said, I'll show you. She made an appointment, came to the office, and showed me a little poem titled, The Little Duck, Speaking of Ducklings. She said it was, you don't need to live in New England to appreciate the poem, but it helps. Thurman offered this in his beautiful voice, and the end of the poem, runs thus. It's about a duck bobbing on the Atlantic. The ocean's far vaster than his capacity to understand and our capacity to understand, the poet says. And then he, the duck, releases himself into the immediate, which is infinity, and rests in the wave. He has religion. He eases himself into the boundless at that point that touches him. He has, the poet says, religion. And the poem ends, I like the little duck. He doesn't know much, but he has religion. There is a path to intimacy set out before us. And I wonder if part of the desire and longing we carry in this hour is a desire for that intimacy with the divine. Maybe you've been expecting, maybe you've been awaiting such an invitation come Sunday 
with you, for you, here it is. Some three hymnals ago, our denomination had a, a prayer that was used regularly then and might well be used more regularly now. A desire for a longing with the divine as the prayer runs, whose name is love, whose nature is compassion, whose presence is joy, whose word is truth, whose spirit is goodness, whose holiness is beauty, whose will is peace, and to the end, whose service is freedom, whose service is freedom. If in the soul there is a flame flickering and a desire for int intimacy, closeness, near the, nearness to the, to, the, to the divine, feed that fire with service. If there is a desire in the spirit, a longing for intimacy, closeness, and nearness, slake that thirst with a practice of service. If there is in the heart a desire for the divine, feed and nourish that desire with service beginning today. Amen. All that has life and breath, praise the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Alleluia. The heavens are telling the glory of God. The firmament proclaims God's handiwork. Sing to God with all your voices. Give thanks for all God's works. The Lord is great, whose praise will last forever. We gather on the banks of the Charles, giving praise to God with heart and voice, even as rowers praise God, stroke by stroke, in the head of the Charles Regatta. As the Spirit moves, you are invited to stand, kneel where you are, come to the communion rail, or remain seated as we sing together our call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. Holy God, holy and mighty, holy and eternal, have mercy on us. Even as we proclaim your glory in creation, we know also that at times our reach is too high and we go too far. We would sit at your right hand or at your left. Give us ears to hear and grace to feel your voice out of the whirlwind, a humiliating voice of simple truth calling us to see ourselves in perspective according to your great glory. We give thanks for the presence of parents among us this Parents' Weekend, for reconnecting of spirit by presence of heart, mind, and body. Bless the families that are reunited this weekend and guard those who will travel home today. May your Holy Spirit continue to guard this campus as a safe haven and bless those who have been recognized this week for exemplary service in keeping our community safe 
and secure, healthy, and whole. As we give thanks for our own health and well-being, we pray for those who are sick and have no access to health care. We pray for wise discernment among our leaders that they may hear and follow the call toward just and equitable access to health services. Even as we ask these things, O God, we recognize that we do not know properly how to pray. Send us your most Holy Spirit to pray in us in sighs too deep for words, even as we pray together in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. peace of the Lord be always with you. We are deeply great, glad that you are with us this morning, and uh, we hope that, uh, for this Parents Weekend, and we hope that you'll join us following the service at Barrister's Hall next door in the School of Law for a Parents Weekend luncheon. And those that are also available, uh, especially members of the chapter, who can gather downstairs in Robinson Chapel at 12.15 for the baptism of Allison Bergman. We would note next uh, weekend is Alumni Weekend, and we look forward to having a number of our alums back with us. We hope especially that you'll join us at 3.30 p.m. here in the nave of the chapel for a building tour, followed it from 4 to 5 p.m. with a Alumni Weekend wine and cheese reception downstairs in the Marsh Room. We hope that you will keep an eye to the chapel website for upcoming events and activities, and for those in the radio congregation for the opportunity for online giving. We hope that you will help us get to know you better and help us get help you to get to know each other better by filling out the red pad at the end of each pew with your name and contact information that we may be in touch with you throughout the week. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Our God, whose name is love, we give thanks for you who came in human form, not to be served, but to serve. Accept these, our tithes and offerings, as a sign of our gratitude and everlasting praise. May these gifts celebrate your glory as you work in and among us to proclaim your intimate freedom to the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, we pray. Amen. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. Amen. 